I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Aaron Hawksworth, J-Rod, and Joe Ostrowski with you. And as we are joined every Friday by John Daigle, our favorite NFL props better. And John, I'm so excited I get to kick things off with you today because our squad, the Houston Texans, are nine and a half point underdogs. Are we running it back with Nico Collins? I know it's become a bit. We're expecting some weather in Baltimore but his prop is low. It's calling my name. I am in on the prop. The two weeks ago against the Colts, we alt betted it. Last week, we were still on the over. Did not have alt bets. I won't have alt bets again, just given how ferocious and terrorizing this Ravens defense is. But honestly, even from a matchup standpoint, you just can't ignore Nico Collins' usage right now without Tank Dell. It's been five games without Dell now, and he's been targeted on 35% of his routes. He has had 46% of the team's air yards. He's one of those guys like a Monroe St. Brown where you don't even need the extra stats. You could just say, look at the box scores, and all he's been doing is tearing it up as Stroud's primary receiver. So I do think Nico gets there. In terms of the overall line, I know a lot of people disagree. I'm in on the Ravens covering this number, if only because it seems like it's been a while since we've seen the Ravens at full strength. And the last time they were at full strength against the 49ers and Dolphins, they obviously drowned Tua and brought Purdy for six total picks and looked like an entirely different team. Even Lamar Jackson, those five touchdowns in his MVP statement game. Not only that, but the key is that the Texans secondary has been camouflaged by poor quarterback play the last two weeks. Gardner Minshew wasn't asked to do anything since they the Colts were having such an easy time on the ground with JT and Zach Moss, but still five and a half yards per attempt in that de facto playoff game in week 18. And then last week, of course, we talked about it on the show, a 38-year-old who was unemployed until December. Wasn't buying it at all. But now it's Lamar Jackson who is literally leading the league in yards per attempt under pressure, just in case you want to account for the Texans getting healthier in these last two weeks as well. Not only that, but remember, from their bye on until they ran into Gardner Minshew, they were still a miserable pass defense, Houston was. 30th in yards per attempt, 27th in explosive pass rate allowed. So I do like a big day still, weather permitting through the air for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens to cover. Okay, so you you like Lamar and the Ravens to cover. But I said a lot. I'm like, sorry. I got to answer. Okay, okay. Um, but you also, it sounds like you have the Texans getting theirs. So does that mean you like the over where, you know, the Texans do put up some points, but they're not going to keep it within double digits. So over 43 and a half, as that number continues to drop, do you, do you find that appealing? I, I honestly don't know if the – Tech theirs based on how this Ravens defense has played. Uh, and Lamar Jackson's obviously MVP. He's played well. Everyone else also failed when they were asked to step up that press party in their biggest matchups. But to me, I respect the Ravens defense a lot more than other people, even against CJ Stroud. So 
I don't know, honestly, if the, if the Texans get theirs. I still like Neville Collins over because, again, the okay. offense hones in on him. But beyond him, I don't think a second player gets there. And so, to me, I would guess C.J. Stroud struggles here on the road and the weather in this spot. But I like the tech, I like the Ravens to cover the number. Not sure, though, personally. Hey, John, speaking of, of the prop side of it, the, the one that, that jumped out at me was when I saw this, and, and it's at even money right now at BetMGM, is Stroud over 35 and a half pass attempts. I don't even need him to, to complete very many. I don't even need him to get his, his yards. I don't even get him to throw touchdowns. I think they're going to be behind, and I think he's going to throw the ball. So I think over 35 and a half attempts is, I think, reachable. When they played, I know it was week one, he had 44 pass attempts. What do you think of 35 and a half over? I do like that. I think they will begin the game leaning on Devin Singletary because the Ravens' run defense has been their shakiest unit. They will contain you, but they also allow explosive plays from time to time. It's been very inconsistent. But as you said, if we're expecting the Texans to be behind, this is how they have to play, is leaning on Stroud. So I do like that number. Another number I like is Odell Beckham receiving yards, if only because he hasn't been a full-time player all year long. But if they haven't been waiting for the playoffs and for him getting three weeks off since he also didn't play week 18 prior to that, what the hell have they been waiting for to unleash him? So I do think Odell Beckham, it's going to be his first full game all year, and I want to be ahead of that low number. All right, let's go to the other game that day. We've got another nine and a half point dog. What do you like in the Packers Niners? And it looks like Shanahan is saying he will defer. I still think the Niners cover just based on the Packers defense as well these last three games. You have to go back a month where the last time they faced, you know, a quarterback we respect. And I don't even know if we respect Bryce Young. That might even be the right word for it. But even Bryce Young literally had the best day of his entire season against Joe Barry. And Joe Barry's changed a few things here the last three weeks. But I honestly think if you just look and say, oh, it was Nick Mullins, Jaron Hall, uh, Justin Fields, who we talked about in week 18, Joe Barry's had his number of the six games they've played because they don't blitz fields. They just let him try to process the field, and he struggled to. And then, of course, playoff Dak Prescott, who is not regular season Dak Prescott. You could say the Packers haven't played anyone. Uh, and those quarterbacks also combined for just five and a half yards per attempt under pressure, only two first downs. Whereas here comes Brock Purdy, who's averaging third and yards per attempt under pressure on the entire year. Also 11 touchdowns, third as well in the league under pressure too. So I think the 49ers offense won't struggle whatsoever. And that's how I believe they get this number. Jordan Love is such a wild card because it's the entire organization that deserves credit for his turnaround in the second half of the season. It was a little easier schedule. They did get healthier with Christian Watson from time to time. But overall, like a tale of two seasons, honestly, for Love. In the first half, his first nine games, touchdowns, 10 picks, only averaging 6.7 yards per attempt. But these last nine games, last week against the Cowboys included, 21 touchdowns, one pick, nine yards per attempt. Literally half the season, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So he is the X factor that could dunk on this number. But overall, me, I just say you can't keep up whatsoever. And that's why I like that number there. San Francisco uh, player props, it feels like you can go anywhere. Like you can make a strong yeah. case against this Packers defense, be like, okay, this is, this is going to hit. This is the best way to go. What is, what is your favorite player to focus on the San Fran side? It's 
so hard because you genuinely don't know where the targets are going to be dispersed between the big three and George Kittle, Debo, and Ayuk through the air. Uh, not only that, but they're not going to see a lot of targets, but they still get there every single week. So that's what's so hard about it. But to me, I think the one player that stands out here would be George Kittle would be my pick. That's probably where I'm leaning in the prop betting market right now. If only because this second half of the season, the Packers have struggled in particular against tight ends and over the middle of the field as their secondary and cornerbacks have gotten healthier. So I think it's going to be a big George Kittle game again, but not many targets for everyone. It's just so hard to disperse between them week to week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then John, we know that uh, the Packers quarterback, cornerback Jair Alexander, uh, he's nursing an ankle and a shoulder, didn't practice Wednesday, didn't practice Thursday. He's questionable. Uh, I, th- I think I'm targeting Brandon Ayuk. I mean, I think I love the anytime touchdown plus 125 and, and over 69 and a half uh, receiving yards. I, but your point is, is well taken. It, it could be anybody. I won't argue against literally any 49ers player. I will say on the Packers side, I do think we're going to get over with Jaden, and that's over overprop this week in this game. And it's because last week after the egg, I know everyone's worried, but the, the Packers didn't have to go to three wide sets in that game because Dan Quinn and the organization didn't sign anyone of size to play linebacker after Leighton Vander Esch got hurt mid-year. That's why the Packers just stuck in 12 personnel, literally led the wild card round and two tight end sets, and they averaged eight and a half yards per play because even Micah Parsons is undersized for his position, and the Cowboys, the Packers just ran over them with Tucker Kraft, Luke Musgrave, and Aaron Jones. That's not going to be the case against the Niners. You can't do that against the Niners. Their front seven is far too big. So I think we're going to see a lot more three wide sets. I also think that's how you attack the Niners because their quarterback is their weakest unit in that defense. And so I think Jaden Reed is going to default and be on the field more. So I am betting his prop just based on the perceived usage. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. John, it's obvious why a lot of people think it's going to be the Niners and the Ravens in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But any chance one of these big dogs wins outright Saturday? I can't discount. Well, it's not a dog. Well, no, they are a dog. I, I forget that everyone discounts the Chiefs except me. So I like the Chiefs still. It's going to be interesting okay. if it does come down to the Chiefs and Ravens because, again, it's two great defenses. And I don't, I don't know who will edge out the other. But let's let's start with Chiefs Bills because I did bet the Chiefs money line. I still think that's the best way to bet the game. And it's because their defense is arguably comparable to Baltimore's. And that's why I think the Bills struggle on offense this upcoming game. They've only had games all year. Legereus Sneed, Chris Jones, and Nick Fulton were all on the field together. 
including week 14 against Josh Allen when the Bills offense struggled to get there and won by just a few points. But in those eight games with those three guys together, Chiefs are literally leading the league with only 4.2 yards per play. They are second in EPA per play and third in success rate. They've been awesome. Not only that, but no receiver has reached even 76 re- receiving yards against them all year with a Jarius need on the field. I I don't think, well, Stephon Diggs hasn't got there weekly anyhow, but to me, Stephon Diggs under receiving yards is one of the safest bets, not only in this game, but all week long. Also, we are all, all watching for Tyrell Dodson and Terrell uh Terrell uh, Bernard injuries because Mm -hmm. they have been their best coverage linebackers this second half of the season without Matt Milano. It's shaping up to be if those guys don't play similar to the Dolphins game without Jerome Baker, whenever the Chiefs just hammered Travis Kelsey. Five of his 10 targets or screens, they kept him involved underneath and shallow over the middle of the field where he can just turn up field and create yards. It seems like it's another big game for Chelsea if those guys can't go. So I do like the Chiefs to inch this one out and move on. Uh, do you agree that that game will be, you know, when you look at the weaknesses of both defenses, man, it, it feels like it's going to be run heavy, right? That's how you attack the yeah. Chiefs, and that's how you attack the Bills, especially if they're going to be missing all these starting linebackers too. It's got to be James Cook for the Bills, and yep. I don't think I trust Joe Brady to lean on James Cook. We did get 22 touches for him uh, without Leonard Fournette called up. Fournette obviously cut in the middle of the week, but it literally, for the Bills to win, it's not even Josh Allen. It has to be James Cook in this matchup, and I don't trust him to do that. So, no, I still like the under, to your point. John, it's been seven games. Can I interest you in a Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown? I had it last week, too, and, uh, you know, a couple fishy same-game parlays attached to it, and that's the one that didn't I will be going back for everything, and just how you can, I believe, exploit Bill's right pieces. Uh, yes, I will be going back to the over-receptions, over-receiving yards, and even anytime touchdown, and crossing my fingers. <laughs> Bucks Lions, another trendy dog. Tampa Bay plus six and a half at the Lions. This total at 48 and a half. There's a 49 out there. What do you like in this one? The over, certainly. And yes. I know why everyone's Lions. I don't blame them. I've been like when we talked, and I had this week on the Rams money line, and I backed off and said, I still want the three, three and a half points, but I'm just not sure they inch this one out. I kind of think that way with the Lions, too, because their defense is just so miserable. In this first matchup, take count, because uh, the Lions told Baker Mayfield to be shallow, don't take chances. Literally play 85% of their snaps from zone defense, league that too high, and only blitzed him 23 drop backs, and he failed the test. 206 yards and a pick in that game, 50% completion rate. But since that time, from week seven on, I don't know if it's Baker or Dave Canales, but Baker literally leads the league in touchdowns against zone coverage. Amazing. So over eight yards. And so if they play that way, not only will I think Baker have success, but also if they don't play that way, we just saw the Rams only lose because of Sean McFay's toughness. Like the difference in that game wasn't the offenses because the Rams averaged seven and a half yards per play. It was Sean McFay being scared and, and scoring nine points on three red zone possessions, whereas Dan Campbell scored 21 points on three red zone possessions. That was the only difference. And we saw Baker at full strength literally lead the wild card round in yards per attempt under pressure. Uh, Baker was quietly 
full practice beginning on Wednesday. This is going to be the first time since week 16 he's been at full health. And so I think the Bucks move the ball through the air with ease. So I do like the mm-hmm. over for sure. And if you told me to lean one way, again, I backed off it personally, but if you told me to lean one direction, I am getting a little uh, public fishy, and I do think the Bucks cover just because the Lions defense is so horrid. Yeah. Last minute, John, any uh, – so is it Evans props? Like which, which props you going here? I'll give you a boring one. I know no one bets unders, but – I do think you could even alt Rashad White unders. Like, we always look for the overliners. This is going to be such a miserable game for Rashad White. Uh, literally out of their bye, the Lions defense, 3.3 yards per carry allowed to opposing running backs. We know the Bucks can't run the ball anyways. Even last week, the Eagles had been getting chopped up on the ground for six consecutive games. Everyone was having success. And the Bucks couldn't even run the ball in that situation either, with Rashad White averaging just four yards per pop. So I, I think where Canales knows they have after the air and they know they can have success doing it so definitely shot why anything up 50 yards and right now i believe the prop is sitting at 54 55 just keep on betting under all right john daigle our favorite prop better thank you so much good luck on your bets go nico collins this is becky all daily presented by BetMGM. up next it's a whole segment of the lion stuff just for Joe Ostrowski. We'll break down the Bucks and the fighting Dan Campbells next on the BetQL <laughs> Network.